the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. I'm waiting for them to update that interview, or the introduction, rather, that says things like, any slices and dices like a good Ginsu knife commercial. <laughs> they still sell those anymore? Dating myself, I guess. Jarrell's not sure. Well, one thing we are sure of, it is... The Thursday edition of Lifeline for the second day of November. Trust you're having a great day and uh, heading into the weekend here. One more day. Then I tell you, I talk with your boss. We're going to let you have both Saturday and Sunday off just for general purposes. So uh, you got that right. Hey, but just just the way we get down around here. (laughs) Got a great show lined up for you. Coming up a little bit later on tonight, we'll have a conversation with Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network. There's interesting mixed news on the pro-life front, the good news is that the number of annual abortions in America are down, and they've been down consistently for several years now, which I think goes to suggest that the message is getting out. The problem, as we'll learn from a brand new Barna study, is that confusion over the topic of abortion amongst Americans reigns as high as it ever did. And of course, part of it, I think, is the intentional mixed messages, the confusing dialogue that is promoted by abortion providers like Planned Parenthood. So we're going to work through some of the details here and most importantly, look at the impact on belief concerning abortion by belief in God. All that coming up when Sam Rohrer joins us a little bit later on in tonight's program. Well, just about a week and a day, we are going to be approaching KFAX's 24th annual Pastors Appreciation Event. And uh, we are thrilled this year to have a very special keynote speaker who's not only going to honor us with speaking to the gathering of about 500 pastors from about the Bay Area on Friday, the 10th of November. And you can get details, pastors, by the way, still. There's a couple of seats remaining available by going to kfax.com. But in addition to that, Steve Otterburn is going to be hosting an opportunity for you to experience New Life Live and a special live taping that will be taking place that night, Friday, December, November the 10th, 7 p.m. at Christ Community Church in Milpitas. Joining us now with all the details is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries. You'll hear him Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. on New Life Live right here on KFAX. Steve Otterburn. Steve, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Craig, and always good to be with you. And of course, always great to hear you talking about pro-life things. And, you know, maybe I'll just hang on the phone and listen to the <laughs> we'll let you do that. But before we let you do that, you got to give us a couple of minutes and tell us about your upcoming visit. We are, as I mentioned, excited that not only do we get a chance to have you speak to these pastors here in the Bay Area, but then an opportunity that night for folks that have been listeners to the program for many, many years to get a chance and participate in a real live taping of New Life Live. Tell us all about that. Well, first of all, I'm really thrilled, and thanks for asking me to come to speak to the pastors. I am a pastor, a teaching pastor 
uh, at one of the fastest growing churches in America. We have nine campuses, two of them are in prisons, and uh, we baptized about 2,000 people uh, last year. Already this year, we've had 100 sessions of faith just in our junior high class. So I love to speak to pastors because it's one of the toughest jobs in America. That evening, 7 o'clock, Chris Williams, one of our great uh, co-hosts, and Dr. Jill Hubbard, we're all three going to do a little teaching. We're going to do some questions and answers, and then uh, we're going to tape a program with your listeners there, and we want everybody to come. You will laugh. I don't know if you'll cry. You might, but it's going to be a great time. We love these times just to be with you and to meet you and hear what's on your heart. Uh, it really is the most enjoyable time we get to spend and, and it's in Milpitas and all the details are there at KPAX or at newlife.com but it starts 7 o'clock and we would love for you to come and be there with us and I'll remind listeners that this of course is a free event so we invite you to not only come out but invite friends and neighbors and many many of you and, and Steve I don't say this to embarrass you but down through the years whenever I've had an opportunity to meet with KFAX listeners in public and visit and we start talking about favorite programs and names like Dr. McGee certainly had the list and inevitably within the first sentence they and I love New Life Live, and I think the impact of the ministry in terms of the value of Bible-based counseling and and helping people get a better insight into day-to-day living in a practical application and what it means to use the filter of God's Word for our relationships and the way we interact with other people, the way we see not just God, but the way we see ourselves is is so particularly life-changing that uh, no doubt many, many, many lives have been impacted by your ministry here in the Bay Area. So what a treat for listeners to get a chance to come and meet you in person and participate in a taping of a live broadcast. And again, this is absolutely free to you this coming Friday. It's a week from tomorrow, Friday, November the 10th, 7 p.m. at Christ Community Church in Milpitas. And you know, I would mention too, maybe you've got a friend that's struggling with an issue. And my, my, these days, Steve, even listening to your program, everything from challenges of of raising kids to dealing with the downward pressure that we kind of have in this modern society on on marriage and marriage relationships, uh, I would suspect that all of us know people within our immediate sphere of influence who are dealing with struggles right now, real serious life struggles that could benefit from attending this special event Friday, November the 10th at Christ Community Church in Milpitas. Well, you know, we've been dealing with things that are hard for people to talk about. And maybe you know somebody's struggling. Maybe you don't even know what they're struggling with. They just need a little hope or some insight. And uh, something that will encourage and maybe even provide an answer that could lead to transformation. And one of the greatest joys of my life is knowing that this Thanksgiving, there will literally be thousands of moms and dads and kids cutting the turkey together rather than having to pick the kids up and go to his place and then to her place because they divorced. It is the most fulfilling ministry to see transformation where people thought there was no hope. So come out. We'll have some great fun. And I think you'll leave, you'll leave some new insight. But what we'll leave is a great appreciation for you and getting to know you 
And um, so please come. We can't wait to get there next Friday night. And we'll encourage folks again to get complete details at kfax.com. That's at kfax.com. Let me reiterate, too, I mentioned at the get-go of our conversation with Steve tonight that um, the same day, that morning, in fact, will be the 24th annual KFAX Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. And I just want to mention to pastors eavesdropping on our conversation, we know that you, too, go through challenges and struggles. And these annual events are not just a way of patting you on the back and saying, keep up the good work, God bless you from what you've done, but also a means of, of, of speaking encouragement into your life, an opportunity to meet with fellow laborers in the pastoral field here in the Bay Area, which is arguably one of the most difficult mission fields in all of the world. And so to come together with other pastors and be able to not only encourage each other in your challenges, but to also celebrate each other in your victories, and then hear from a encouraging, uplifting message from a fellow pastor like Steve Otterburn. Well, it's a combination that you can't beat. Plus, we kind of sweeten the deal just for the fun of it. We are going to be giving away to a pastor a high-definition 55-inch television Ooh, but more than that, um, pastors who attend this event with Steve Otterburn on Friday, November the 10th at 11 a.m. at the Marriott Hotel in Fremont will also have an opportunity to win an all-expense-paid trip for two to Israel. Wow. So, I mean, free free lunch, goodies, and, of course, the topper is an opportunity to spend some time with Steve Otterburn. It's a combination you can't beat. Details on the web at kfax.com. That's kfax.com for both the Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon. Still a couple of precious seats available. So if you haven't reserved your seat, Pastor, do it now. And, of course, we invite all of you to mark your calendar Friday, November 10th, 7 p.m. at Christ Community Church of Milpitas, to hear the entire team. Steve is going to be there, as we mentioned, along with Dr. Jill Hubbard and Chris Williams in a live taping of a New Life Live broadcast. And of course, there'll be some teaching ahead of time, an opportunity for Q&A. It's going to be a great evening. So we invite you to mark your calendars. Join us. Details again on the web at kfax.com. That's kfax.com. Well, Stephen, we're thrilled that you're going to be here. I think this is the first time you've spoken at one of these pastors' events. Uh, certainly for you guys, uh, it is. I've spoken for many uh, other stations there, so I'm looking forward to it. I always enjoy it. And, um, man, what a great great prize to go to Israel. You got and, that uh, right. So anyway, I hope folks will come. You'll have some encouragement from a- me. That's absolutely. For sure. Looking forward to that. Stephen Otterburn with New Life Live. And, again, catch the broadcast weekday afternoons at 1 p.m. right here on KFAX. And there's three or four repeats over the weekends and if you had to ask me what time, I'd have to admit I don't remember because that's just that over 50 thing. So check it out. Go to the KFAX website. You can find out on the program schedule broadcast times that are convenient for you. And again, on the web to register for both the event for the pastors that afternoon, actually late morning, 11 a.m. on the 10th. And then, of course, that night, a free evening, a night with New Life Live, Steve Otterburn, Dr. Jill Hubbard, and Chris Williams and uh, details again on the web at kfax.com. All right, we'll say goodbye to Steve Otterburn for now. Steve, we'll see you in about a week. Right now, let's see what Michael Bennett is up to. I bet he's got traffic on his mind, just sort of that singular focus in his life these days. Yeah, boy, I sure hope that wasn't behind you. (laughs) 
Let's get ahead of the traffic, shall we? <laughs> We've got the latest of Michael Bennett. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation 20 minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. on this. I always have to look at my watch. It's a sign of old age or something. I don't know. Thursday, November the 2nd edition of Lifeline. We've got some mixed news tonight. Now, part of it is good news. We shared some good news, in fact, in the pro-life front yesterday when Brian Johnston um, broke the story here on KFAX that a judge had put a permanent injunction against implementation of the so-called... what do we call this? The AB 755 promote abortion at pro-life clinics bill? I mean, that's essentially what it came down to. That would have required pro-life clinics to post signs telling people where to go to get an abortion as if somehow they're unclear on that idea. Well, uh, finding that compelling speech that runs against one's First Amendment rights was the ultimate decision by the district court judge, and we see that as a certain victory. Another victory in the pro-life arena is the fact that over the last several years, we have actually seen a steady decline of abortion rates across America, particularly amongst younger people and um, less repeat abortions amongst older women. That's good news. At the end of the day, though, we still have to be faced with the reality that in the 44 years since the Supreme Court decision in Roe versus Wade that legalized abortion in America, more than 54 million children have been aborted. That's about one and a half times the population of the state of California. 54 million abortions over the last 44 years. And while, again, as I say, the abortion rates are down, the irony is that what doesn't seem to be improving are Americans' opinions on the topic. And if anything, we seem to be as splintered and um, undecided or confused about this as we are about our politics, seemingly, of recent years. There's some new research out by our friend George Barna, and here to tell us more about it is Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network. And Pastor Sam, always a delight and an education to have you join us on the program. I guess at a level I'm not altogether surprised that there seems to be this level of confusion amongst Americans concerning opinions on abortion, its legality, its morality, when to, if to, not to, given the fact that the pro-abortion side has intentionally tried to confuse this issue from the start. Well, they have, and uh, I have to agree with you, uh, Craig. I'm not entirely uh, surprised by these numbers either. And that's perhaps because I'm looking at a lot of numbers uh, across the spectrum of issues in this country, and I think it comes down to this issue of, yes, you used the word confused, and, uh, and actually that's what uh, the report uh, was entitled by, by George Barna here on this issue, and he, the title of it was, Americans Confused About Abortion. Uh, frankly, though, Craig, Americans are confused, as you say, about political issues. They're, con- they're, they're confused uh, and at odds with each other about everything that one would have could attach a moral value to, uh, right or wrong. People are not clear on that. Uh, on our own program today, we talked about the matter of truth. People are divided on the matter of whether or not truth exists, whether or not it is absolute, whether it is relative, whether it applies today, whether it is not. They're confused as to whether or not the Constitution in this constitutional republic still really is a working document, or if it or it, so. 
I think at the end of the day, uh, Craig, we're talking about life here, which from any person who has any moral understanding, uh, there is no difference of, uh, there is no clear, um, um, ambiguousness from, let's put it this way, from God's perspective, the giver of moral law, there is no, no confusion on his part, uh, neither is there confusion on uh, mo- any part that would touch uh, any aspect of morality in our life, from from marriage to sexual morality to any of those issues. So the fundamental problem I look at when I go at this is that, yes, this shows that, uh, by and large, uh, the populace in the country is, um, is as undecided on this issue, even after 57 million babies have been killed, as they were before. Something is fundamentally wrong, and uh, you may go there, but I'm going to put it right on the table. It's because we've moved away in our view of God. As we've jettisoned a biblical worldview, all issues of morality, including this matter of abortion, appears to be confused. It's not confused by those who understand moral truth. It is confused by those who have rejected the concept of absolute authority or absolute truth. That is where I would take it right to go to the heart of it, in my opinion. Some might suggest that this seems to be conspiratorial in nature, um, and I don't know that I would go as far as to suggest that they all got together in a room, you know, filled with cigar smoke and had a discussion about what to do to bring about, uh, you know, the ruination of America. But... You have to look at the impact of things, I think, like social media, the Internet, educational institutions, and certainly the faith factor that have to be all um, indicators and influencers as to this shift that we've seen where if you take this survey 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, I think you would find the overwhelming majority of Americans would not only suggest that life is sacred, but probably concur on the idea that life is sacred because we're created in very image of God. And this paradigm shift that's happened in those opinions have got to be because of the influence, the negative influence of so many of these other outside factors, wouldn't you think? Well, I think absolutely. And I'm going to go right even more direct on that. Um, Ultimately, ultimately, the fact that there is an anti-God view, an anti-view to absolute truth, the fact that there is a rejection of uh, any given moral standards, starting at life and then going across the spectrum of, uh, of human life, th- that has always been from the very beginning of time. The, th- what holds that in check? The, th- what holds that in check is that those who do say they know the truth, and I'm going to lay it at the feet of Christians and lay it at the, at the, at the feet of the pulpit of America, that when the position and the, and the platform from which truth the only counter uh, to, uh, to, to evil and to, a, to an immoral or an anti-moral position, if that position open, that truth is not transmitted from there, like a cancer, uh, like a termite in a, in, in a timber, uh, it will be eaten out from the inside. Cultures are eaten out from the inside. And morality collapses when those who know the truth do not teach it, do not live it, do not espouse it, and those in office who make the laws and make the policies do not believe it, embrace it, and defend it. That's God's provision for any nation, and when he says those positions of authority uphold moral truth, teach it, live it, and apply it, then you will have a society that will be orderly, that will be blessed of God, as our nation has been, as it once was. We walk away from it. Any nation that walks away from it will be in the kind of position we are now, 
being confused, but at the same point, that confusion leads to the killing of unborn, leads to the disintegration of marriage, leads to the, leg- to the legitimization of all kinds of sexual immorality under the vein that everything goes, everything is all right. If you throw out the standard, then I guess it is. But that's not the way God looks at it. And at the end of the day, then, if we take a lackadaisical approach to implementation of teaching moral standards to our children, upholding those moral standards across the board. And by that, I mean that the same standards that are taught at home or taught at church and are taught at school, as opposed to effectively today being at odds with each other. I mean, who would have thought 50, 60 years ago that you would see three different standards, maybe four if we include uh, the public arena of media, when it comes to such issues of morality, such as the sacredness of life, um, the the importance of protecting life, et cetera, et cetera. So now suddenly, even if a parent attempts to do their job at home, uh, they may tend a church that doesn't necessarily believe in biblical teaching and preaching. They may send children to public schools that certainly teach things that are contrarian to um, the basic morality from the Judeo-Christian ethic perspective. Certainly the messages that are received in media every day run to that contrary. I, I've kind of, with some uh, dismay, uh, watched over the last several days much of the noise on media, for example, about um, Weinstein and, and some of these other accusations that are floating out there against other actors and, and certain public behaviors. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't it interesting how suddenly now Hollywood has found its moral voice on such matters when for the last 50 years they've done nothing but make money on publicizing and entertaining people through violence and uh, uncontrolled wanton sexual behavior at every turn. And suddenly now they're concluding that, oh, suddenly certain types of sexual behavior are not permissible when, oddly enough, they've helped promote this all along. So I, I guess the real issue here is that we're working in an environment today where you find media, public education, churches, and at home all at odds with each other. And, and and I think, Craig, I think you summarized that right. I would say that as well, and I think you used a good example uh, when those Hollywood types and so forth have embraced and been a part of promoting a, 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 a version of sexuality that is uh, absolutely opposed to what God has established and is laid out. Um, the only time that they come forth is when the media identifies somebody who is just so outrageously bad, Harvey Weinstein, a Jeff Epstein, and others, who are outrageously so bad that they can no longer support it, all of a sudden come out and say, well, yeah, me too, me too. I don't know whether that means that there was a heart conversion or not, or just the fact that my, my livelihood may be at jeopardy if I don't uh, distance myself from this guy who clearly, clearly is off the, uh, off, the, off the charts. I don't know, but one thing for sure uh, is this. A fixed standard of morality, unless there is a fixed standard of morality, you cannot have law, you cannot have justice, you cannot have freedom, you cannot have an orderly society, you, you cannot have anything that we have come to know in a constitutional republic that revolves around the concept of self-government, people limiting their own choices, and as William Penn said at the beginning here in Pennsylvania, Self-government hinges on individuals limiting their actions according to God's Ten Commandments. Now, I know a lot of people 
on the secular side that, oh, don't bring up that Ten Commandments thing. Well, frankly, it's the basis of our law. It's the basis of our historical law and our civil laws. And our founders made it very clear that this thing we call a republic, the United States of America, could not exist if people threw out the standard of truth, the Ten Commandments, God's moral law, that's what we're talking about now in reality. If you throw that out and those in office throw it out, they said it could not exist. And that's really where we are now. Well, and the certainly only way to the, reclaim the, it is to reclaim that standard. And, and certainly the absence of that standard helps us to better understand why we see such moral ambiguity to outright confusion on this very topic. Uh, and, and we're going we're to take a time out here and we'll dive into some of the, uh, the more interesting aspects of George Barna's findings. Um, he, he, here's the one that I thought was interesting. Um, see if I get several in here that I want to bring out. You know what? I'm going to hold off because uh, there's a lot here. We're just going to take a quick time out and come back to more of the conversation. We have on the line with us Sam Rohrer. Pastor Sam is the president of the American Pastors Network and, of course, um, hosts the weekly Stand in the Gap radio program. We'll take a time out, come back with more right after this. Let's get a look at traffic right now, 533, Michael Bennett. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Here are one of the gems to come out of this new research that had been released by uh, George Barna's organization, the American Culture and Faith Institute. The new study, for example, talk talk about double-mindedness. Nearly nine out of ten adults who say that they are, quote-unquote, pro-choice, also contend that all human life is sacred. And one-fourth of those who self-describe as being pro-choice call abortion murder. What? Sam Rohrer is with us today. Pastor Sam, of course, is the head of the American Pastors Network. And and again, Sam, you know, this reminds me of Scripture. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and certainly some of the findings of this new study by our friend George Burnham prove that point. Uh, they do. And, uh, and again, uh, that's why I think the title confusion uh, among this uh, people on this issue is so very, very clear. Um, how can one say that it is wrong and then um, say that it's okay to do it? it? That It makes no sense. And see, this takes us back to the issue, I think, uh, Craig, again, of the matter of truth. When truth is jettisoned, when truth falls in the street, as we're told in the Old Testament, when truth falls in the street, there's no longer justice um, there is no longer rational, logical thinking. One plus one does not always equal two in a climate with no truth. And that's what these individuals are, uh, are indicating. Uh, on one hand, we want to hold on to some portion of value that says sacred, which, which draws my attention to holy, to God. At the same time, they want to hold on to a position that is anti-God, which God says that if you take one's life, you are guilty of, and should, you know, and should lose your life. It's that serious, and that's what abortion is. So they, there, is a, there is a level, I would, I would term it in many respects, uh, Craig, we've gotten into a place in our, in our culture, uh, I guess you could refer to it as syncretism, perhaps, um, where we have a culture of people uh, almost developing a new type of religion, a hybrid religion, where we can 
reach over here off of the smorgasbord uh, menu and pull off uh, a piece of holiness. We can pull off a piece of moral truth over here, and then we can walk over to the other side and put on a piece of uh, anti-moral piece over here, a part of something here that God does not like, and put it and swirl it together on our in our plate and come up with a mixture and say that we've uh, that we're all good. It, it is truly syncretism because in other articles and other surveys that George Barna has done. Um, there are things that relate to what what would be the matters of of uh, biblical worldview, and I don't want to go down that way necessarily fully right now, but it ties into this because we have people in this country, including those who would call themselves Christians who attend church every week, who they themselves have say they've had an experience with Christ, would also come back and say that uh, they don't be- only 50% of that group actually believe that Jesus Christ uh, lived a perfectly sinless earthly life. They don't believe that Christ was totally sinless, yet they say they have been born again. You talk about a confusion statement. That's a confusing thing. This is part of it, and I think when you take an overlay, the movement away from those who have a biblical worldview, meaning they understand who God is, they understand what sin is, they understand how these things go together. When, you, when they move away from that, then these kinds of confusion that say, I believe that life is sacred, but I also believe it's okay to take a life, that is what you're left with. It is absolutely an unstable position, and it is the result of the rejection of truth and its absolute standard that it brings with it. And if there's ever been any doubt about that, again, as you suggest, uh, this new study, newly released by the American Culture and Faith Institute, um, demonstrates just that, that the further, as you suggest, uh, Pastor, that we move from biblically-based truth, moral absolutes, uh, the more murky the waters become and the more double-minded, to use my quote of earlier, uh, the respondents seem to be on such matters. I mean, for example, the idea that um, we have a overwhelming percentage of people who consider themselves to be strongly pro-life, and guess what? Of all adults across the board, 24%. But if you consider yourself to have a personal relationship with Christ, that number jumps to 43%. And it's interesting to note, too, that the subsequent generations, the further we get away from the the historical, valued, Judeo-Christian ethic teaching in America, the younger generations also seem to move further and further away from the very moral absolutes we've been talking about. That I, th- I think there is a direct relationship to that. Matter of fact, I know there's a direct relationship to that, and and I'm looking at the same numbers you are here right now. And when I look and say, all right, here's 24% of all adults say they are strongly pro-life. Now, those folks would probably, by and large, also say that uh, you know that that life is sacred. Now, that's kind of split. But if you go to the born again part, 43% that say it's pro-life. That means 57% of those who say they're born again, which means they're a Christian, 57% say they're not pro-life, strongly pro-life. Well, I mean, let's, let's look at it. You're either pro-life or you're not. How can you be strongly pro-life? Um, life sometimes? Uh, take life sometimes? That's not, that's not life. 57%, I look at those numbers and I say, that's astounding. And as you said, uh, you're doing it 25 years ago, a generation ago, I can almost guarantee you that those who said they were born again then it wouldn't have been 43% who were pro-life. It would have been twice that, probably. So it does mark these numbers, the attitude towards human sexuality, attitudes towards marriage, attitudes towards life, 
have markedly moved in a trending position downward, and you can almost correlate it to the movement away from a biblical worldview who says there is a God, there is sin, and and we're in need of redemption, and Jesus Christ is the one to make that to, to make that whole. That whole piece there is a biblical worldview, and if a person moves away from those four points, he absolutely is going to find himself on this chart moving away from anything that would be sacred, from moral absolute, from life, to anything that would have a defined, this is the way it is position, which of course that's what moral truth is. There is, what, there is a way that's right. And that's what it says, and it, you can correlate it, and I can bring it in and correlate it to the lack of biblical teaching from the pulpits of America, because you can almost track it nearly identical in the pulpits of America that have moved away from teaching all of God's Word. So there's a clear, clear linkage in all of these pieces. We're seeing it here evidenced in this survey. And you know what's troubling, there's also been some other research out, I can't quote what the source is off the top of my head, but recent research out that also demonstrates that contrary to what we might think by looking at sort of the general moral decay of the country today, that somehow people are less interested in spiritual matters, don't want to have any kind of connection with God, don't don't recognize that there's things bigger and grander than just us getting up, going to work, uh, coming home, uh, taking the dog for a walk, go to bed, repeat. And it's interesting to note that some of this shift then away from the historical church, evangelical Christianity, into experiments in, you know, every sort and crazy type of uh, occult and cult type uh, arenas is because people still have that God-shaped vacuum in their life that they're trying to address and fulfill. They just don't know how to get there. And sadly, they look at some of the examples and the the expressions of faith that are outside of the confines of historical doctrine, and they see the excesses that take place and everything from the Word of Faith movement to fringe Christianity, et cetera, et cetera. And they say, ah, that's not for me. So we're not following the faith of our fathers, but we do want some side of sort of faith. We're just not sure what kind of faith. As we see that continuing on the increase, it goes back to what we said at the very beginning, and that is the faith factor plays a pivotal role in in the mores of a society. And the further we drift away from the fundamentals, the further we drift away from the influence that faith has on morals. And as a result, we look at what's going on in society and say, you want to know where all the moral decay is coming from? You want to know why we think that picking up a gun or or, uh, detonating a bomb or driving a vehicle into people is a good way to solve problems where the faith factor is, is at the very core of all of this, isn't it? It is indeed, and uh, what I like to do, uh, Craig, we've got to define faith. I'll take you back to a Barna survey uh, that I just referred to earlier, talking about those who say they're born again in this country. Um, those of that number, of that number who say they're born again and they're going to, to church, believe it or not, 75% of that number say faith is important, but it's not so important. They say, what faith? It's just that you have faith. Hmm. Now, that, how, that is astounding, but that goes to where you're talking about here. So we've got to define our terms. It's not just having faith. Uh, God has made us a spiritual person. But spirit, you've got to define that. Spiritual just means that there's a need for, there's a God-shaped vacuum in each one of our lives, and, and he's made us to reach out to and to desire uh, a, a, a part that is spiritual. 
But if we reach out to someone, anything other than God himself, that is what that will not get us to heaven. That will assure that we end up going to hell, which is not where God wants us to go. And that's why Jesus Christ came to die for all of us. Well, so, and, I, and I appreciate you making that important delineation, Pastor Sam, because that does make all of the difference. Otherwise, if you just say, well, it's just important that you have faith. Okay, here's what I have faith in. I have faith that come April the 15th of next year, the IRS will expect money from me. I have absolute total faith in that. That's not the kind of faith, though, that's going to get me through marriage problems, child-rearing challenges, a health crisis like cancer, and that's certainly not the kind of faith that's going to get you to heaven. So it's important that we make that delineation, that we're talking about Bible-based historical Christianity here, not just something somebody made up. Pastor Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, as always, Pastor Sam, we appreciate so much the time and valuable insights and the truth-telling that you bring to the table. All right, speaking of truth-telling, a very special conference coming up in just about a week that will help better equip you to not only understand what faith, to more effectively share that faith, and to influence the world around you. Pastor Stephen Converse joins us next as Lifeline continues. All pastors on tonight? My goodness, look at that. Play a few pastors on the radio station through the day, too, don't we? (laughs) Thank you, Jarrell. (laughs) Let's get a look at traffic right now. And the latest with uh, Michael Bennett, the KFAX Traffic Center. Hey, Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. We were discussing the issue of the faith factor, the impact on morality in America because of the influence of Christian faith. And certainly part of that influence stems from believers that are willing to stand up, share their faith with others, be an effective witness for Christ. But how do you do that if you're not really properly equipped? There's something more to this than just reading the Bible, going to church, and hoping for the best. You really need to have um, a a sense of, of knowing what tools are available at your disposal in order to not only be an effective witness for Christ, but quite frankly, have a more fulfilling relationship with him. There's a very special conference that's going to be coming up November 10, 11, and 12. It's hosted by Grace Bible Church. And joining us now with details is the senior pastor at Grace Bible, Stephen Converse, whom you might know as the speaker on Graceful Truth, heard Sundays at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Pastor Converse, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Craig. Pleasure to be with you this evening. you got a great lineup this year, and you go right to the heart of that issue that I was discussing earlier, and that is the importance of being properly, fully equipped. Dive a little bit deeper, if you would. When people think about being equipped to be more effective in sharing their faith, to be more effective in their relationship, their the experience in, in walking with God in a real, live, vibrant relationship, what exactly does that look like? Well, I think our whole conference is really built around 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, where it tells us that the Word of God, all Scriptures breathed out by God, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And the purpose of this is that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so this conference is really uh, to expose those who attend to biblical teaching, to preaching for the purpose of growing them in their faith, in their leadership, 
um, helping church members to do uh, ministry effective for the glory of God. It's our prayer, really, that no matter what your role is, whether you're the pastor or whether you're a member or whether you're a greeter at the door, uh, you'll come and you'll be better equipped to serve God and His people really by investing time here with us that weekend. And, of course, the irony is a lot of people, I think, sort of approach this, whether they are volunteering to be an usher or they want to volunteer to teach in Sunday school or uh, be on the visitation team, whatever it might be, uh, they want to give of their time. They love the Lord. They want to be able to serve others. And they just kind of dive in and start doing the job, really never having a sense of what that's like. I, I would imagine what a disaster that would be if somebody, for example, got hired to, I don't know, to work down over here at Tesla and they're going to be building these these beautiful brand-new electric cars, some of which cost upwards of $100,000. They say, well, just here's the line, grab some tools, and dive in. Well, wait a minute now. Well, what am I supposed to do? And how does the park go in? And is there a right way and wrong way? Well, if you're not teaching and equipping them in order to how to properly assemble that automobile, you can fully understand why it's never going to make it off the assembly line without crashing. <laughs> and I guess exactly. a lot of it is true when it comes to ministry that we dive in, we've got the heart in the right place, but we're ill-equipped, and as a result then the effectiveness at what we do and how we impact lives kind of ends up crashing just like the car, doesn't it? Right. And, and I think it's important that we understand we need a, a biblical foundation upon which to build our ministries on. We can't just jump in. And so, you know, the Bible's very clear. Even in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, I think it is, Paul told us that uh, he, he gave uh, some the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers— to the church for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so that's, that's really our, our sole focus, is that we want to build people up through the teaching and preaching of God's Word, so that no matter whether they're a greeter, whether they're a Sunday school teacher, they're going to walk away from this conference with not just more knowledge, but also just the practicality of being uh, grown in their faith through the teaching of the Word of God. This conference, as we mentioned, is going to be November 10th, 11th, and 12th, and you've got two very exciting speakers coming. Tell us a bit more about Justin Peters and and a name that some might think they know but maybe don't, and that's uh, Costi Hinn. Yeah, we we invited Justin Peters, and uh, he's kind of our our keynote speaker, and he's just a a wonderful man of God. He's a faithful proclaimer of the gospel, and he really has a niche in exposing the false doctrines of what we know as the Word of Faith movement. And he, he really does a wonderful job. He, he himself has cerebral palsy. And so he went through that whole process of wanting healing and, and, and all that and realized that, well, that wasn't God's will for his life. And so he, he really has even attended faith healing services in hopes of being delivered from this. But he finally realized, no, this is what God has for him. And so he's really uh, a wonderful teacher. And he's going to uh, be sharing a little bit about the Word of Faith movement, but his main focus this conference will be on some of the doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church. And it kind of ties in with the Reformation and uh, how that lines up with Scripture. Uh, he will be giving away his, uh, to some of the uh, people that attend, a free copy of his book, uh, Do Not Hinder Them, which is a biblical examination of childhood conversion, which is just a wonderful subject in and of itself. Um, our other speaker, Costi Hinn, uh, he is actually a nephew of Benny Hinn. And he was gloriously saved several years ago. He now serves as an executive pastor in a, in a Bible-believing mission, Bible church down in Tustin. And he's going to be sharing his own personal testimony of how God saved him out of that for Word of Faith movement. 
and how God is using him now for the glory of God. And he'll also be sharing a little bit about how his faith has even divided uh, some in his family uh, because he took a stance on some doctrines and uh, beliefs. So it should be a very exciting uh, weekend. Conference begins again Friday, that's the 10th of November, 6 p.m., and then Saturday runs um, pretty much the course of the entire day from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Complimentary lunch will be provided, and then Justin Peters will be the special speaker Sunday morning at 10 a.m., all happening of course, at Grace Bible Church. And uh, pastor folks want to get more information about registration, all that good stuff, we can send them to gracebibleonline.org forward slash equip. Is that correct? Right. They can just go to Grace Bible Online and then uh, find the page from there. That's the easiest thing, gracebibleonline.org. And then there's a link there they can click and register. Uh, It's free. The conference is free, but we kind of want to plan for... um, our food and everything. So if you could register that you're coming, we'd appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to be looking forward to this because, uh, boy, the, the keynote speakers are fantastic and interesting names as, as well. We mentioned um, both Justin Peters and Costi Hinn. This is an event you won't want to miss. Absolutely free. We do ask that you register in advance, though, by going to gracebibleonline.org. That's gracebibleonline.org. This is, of course, the Equip Conference 2017, hosted by Grace Bible Church and Pastor Stephen Converse. Thanks so much for the time and the update. Folks, again, details on the web at gracebibleonline.org. Six o'clock, that means it's time for me to step aside. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about more challenges in dealing with money and your marriage. And this time around, we're going to talk specifically about another aspect of this, and that is getting into the topic of the challenges that women face when it comes to dealing with money management, especially when you're on your own. Let's talk about that. We're going to do that coming up in a moment. Right now, let's talk traffic with Michael Bennett. Michael. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com